Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together, we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. Welcome back to part two of Being Worthy of the Call, where we're going to go a little deeper into this episode's topic. So join us now as we continue where we left off last time. And last time we met, um, it was really, for me, very freeing and kind of burden lifting to um, embrace this idea of calling as more an acceptance, an invitation um, to embrace the salvation of God rather than just this heavy burden of magically finding what that career is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a heady topic because it's so different than what we're accustomed to. You right? We go we go to high school. Most of us are on the track of you're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to pick what college you want to go to based on what you want to do for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. like, I, you know, that is, oh, <laughs> you totally don't know that. And I, my oldest is in her first year of college at the time of this recording. My, my second is a junior in high school. And we're, we're talking about where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And, and, and the girl just doesn't know. And who could blame her at 16? Yeah. How well, are you supposed to know? And you had mentioned before, you know, most people, they say average of seven careers. Obviously, many of us or most of us don't know what that one magic thing is Right. in our 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, we're we're looking. So I love the way that you approach this idea of what calling really means and what it means to be worthy of the call. Right, right. And we're going to look at that just for a second here again before we look at the rest of the passage in Ephesians 4. So if you guys have your Bibles, grab them because I'm going to Mm -hmm. be working through uh, the rest of this chapter, but you know, I want to say this too: just because we're good at something doesn't mean it's supposed to be our career. Mm. And so, I've seen that in my family play out in two two ways. I, I enjoy painting, uh, mm. and when my kids see me paint, you know, I have a canvas in the office here of flowers that I painted when we moved into this house, and they're like, "You should paint this all the time and set up these craft booths and sell your <laughs> artwork." And I'm like, "Ah, the joy." there wouldn't be joy in that. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay for us to have things that we enjoy doing that are creative outlets for us that we're not getting paid for. And it is also okay. I do this. uh, I have this conversation when I work with college age students as they're trying to pick their career. And I use the Highlands ability assessment. That's the tool that I've been trained to use. And I love using. So it feeds back information about are you artistically bent? Would you be good in a foreign language? How do you solve problems? How do you relate to people? And so we look at the feedback of this report. And one of the very first conversations I have with them is along these lines. Like, this is just a set of numbers. This, it, this evaluates how you think, how you relate. But what you have to do is look at that in the context of the life you want to lead. Mm. So if you are really good working with your hands and you want to be able to um, paint, let's just say paint on a weekly basis, it may mean that you take a job as a high paying accountant. I'm just picking that as a contrast career because that kind of job is going to afford you the income to buy the canvases and the paint supplies to do it as a hobby. Mm, 
really cool way to think about it. Right? And so you have to ask yourself the question, is the thing that I'm getting paid to do something that absolutely has to be I love to do, or could it just be the means to the end of doing what I love to do? Mm-hmm. And doing what I love to do may, may be providing uh, a certain kind of house, a, a size of a house, or a particular city or suburb that you want to live in, or the type of vacation you want to take. And so it is a rare person, and I have not met one yet, who gets it all. Mm-hmm. You don't, the average person doesn't get the career and the lifestyle that fully matches everything that they want. There's always a cost. I'm thinking immediately about Paul and early believers. We, you know, we know tent makers, we call it, we still use that phrase today. Obviously we know the calling on Paul's life and really the call on all of our lives is to live out the gospel. And yet, boy, uh, the man wrote a chunk of the Bible and he had a different job, a different career. I love that. Provided for that. I'm so glad you said that because I think, that what we also have to do is recognize that our, our missional work may, may be integrated in entirely into our professional work mm-hmm. or may be uh, parallel mm-hmm. to our, our work. I, I call what I do as a writer and a speaker and as a life coach, I call it missional work. It's all gospel-based. It's all the word is integrated into everything I do, and I get paid to do that thing uh, that's related to the work. But I have a good friend who is a, an, a mentor. She's a school teacher. That's what she gets paid to do. She writes her books and speaks on the side. That mm-hmm. It's a different dynamic. You know, and- I, I think about my husband is an ordained pastor, and there was a period of time when God very clearly called him out of a job at a church, a career, quote, mm-hmm. and we started our photography business together. And there was a period of time when our ministry was – connecting heart to heart to young adults who were getting married, founding marriages, having babies, founding parenthood, and building relationship with them. We're taking pictures of them, yes, Mm -hmm. but building relationship, becoming, and some of those, I call them kids, today we still have a relationship with. They still call us first when they find out they're pregnant. Um, And yet, to be honest with you, Lisa, there were periods of time when people, we'd run into people and say, oh, your husband left the pastorate. (laughs) As if that was, you know, and and praise God, he was able to see that in that season as, okay, I'm changing jobs right now, but my calling remains the same. So there's, wow, I love how you're going at this. Good, good. (laughs) Well, and, and you provided the perfect example segue. So we started with Ephesians 4. And we looked only at verse one last episode. Therefore, I, prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So that's the NLT translation I'm leading. But now, if we look at the rest of the passage, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Mm. So we, we have this calling to embrace the divine, the divine invitation to embrace the salvation of God, which is klesis, the calling that we talked about last time. We have the kaleo, which is what we're called by name as mm. followers of Christ. And with that identity on and that underlying foundational purpose, now we have to move forward and our actions count. 
because it's about the life we're leading. So at that photography business or at that accounting job or at that change in the dirty diapers, are we being humble, gentle, patient? Mm -hmm. Are we making the effort to keep unity in the spirit? Is our hope in the glorious hope of Jesus Christ? Mm. That is really the question. Is that how we're living worthy of the call? Yeah. It's not about, God, what is your will for my job? Mm-hmm. Is what is your will for how you want me to live wherever you put me? Wow. And so the next uh, verse there, five, says, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all, living, living through all. However, start at verse seven. He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. That's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Can we just think about that for a second? Our God in, in Christ has been with God, our father in heaven and on this earth at the same time. We need to get our brains around that if we can. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. So he might fill the entire universe with himself. So Mm. the God who has the entire universe filled with himself gives us gifts. Wow. Right. I want them. (laughs) I want them. Right. (laughs) And so that's what now we find out. What are these? Some of these gifts. Uh, Verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So the church as in the body of of Christ, those who say Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, He is my Lord and Savior. The these gifts are given to those who identify as Christ followers. The apostles, so the gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. And there's a purpose for the gifts God gives. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. Build up the church, the body of Christ. Mm. So anywhere and everywhere. It does not say within the building of Christ, Mm -hmm. the church, right? It says within the body of Christ. It's not about a building. It's about a body. And boy, wouldn't that change what church looks like? What the body of Christ looks Mm -hmm. like if we all began to see that as my calling is to speak the gospel, to be like Jesus, mm-hmm. to be humble, mm-hmm. to be gentle. As you said, in, in the classroom, in the checkout at Target, in the wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Again, we keep coming back to this idea, I think, of being versus doing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that, I'm thinking... This is where that disconnect is. I show up on Sunday at church. I raise my hands in worship. Mm -hmm. I bow my head in prayer. I walk out the church door and I leave church at church and I go about being obnoxious and sarcastic and hurtful to the people that I do life with. Mm -hmm. And that's not acceptable for the people who call them a Christ follower, right? Like And vice versa, you know, the... The, the, the woman that rings me up at the cash register might not ever, if not in the next year, set foot inside my church door mm-hmm. and hear my pastor preach. But girl, the way I talk to her when I check out 
maybe the glimpse that she sees of who Christ is. I think not only the way you talk to her, but the way you talk to your husband and your children standing online with you. Oh, ouch. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. I got to yeah. go there. <laughs> it's true. Because it if that, good. that's our example, if we're, if we are the ambassadors of Christ, if we are what the world sees and says, oh, that person, that that's a Christ follower. What does that mean? Right? Yeah. Right? And, and so keep going. Well, I was just going to say it's, it's funny because how God is weaving our this podcast together. That's some of the very same concepts that I've been working on. And then in a later episode, we're going to talk about being tenderhearted. Um, he wants, he wants our hearts, girls. He wants our hearts and that will show up in how we go about the job. Right. It does. It does. And I think one thing I don't want us to get tripped up on is, well, the role, right? Mm -hmm. What is an apostle? What is a prophet? What is an evangelist? What is a pastor? What is a teacher? Like, I think what we need to do is how does that gifting manifest in everyday relationships within the body of Christ? Because we all come from different denominations. Uh, You know, some denominations may look at that word of pastor and teacher and think, well, I'm female, I can't be, right? But what if if you have been gifted with a teacher's heart or a pastoral heart? How is that manifesting within your family, within your friend group, within your church in the context of what uh, theologically you feel is is. It consistent with scripture because we do we have to major on the major and minor on the minors we all have to agree on the the deity of jesus christ but we won't all agree on the use of the giftings it just is and well and it, i think where again this comes back to our heart state are we worried about do i need a title mm-hmm. do i need a, a platform do i need somebody to call me this and and that again going back to what you said career versus calling or Am I focused on embracing that salvation of Jesus? He will put me in the job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where that's supposed to be. If he wants me to have a title, he can give me a title, but I don't need to hunt for that. Right. But how do I embrace who he has said, this is who you are? Right. Right. And the opportunities, like as we're mm-hmm. recording this podcast, I I just received an invitation to um, speak at a youth retreat. And it is so interesting to me. I mean, the people who have asked me to speak have known me for a decade. They, they, I was not their first choice and I'm completely okay with that. I, <laughs> the, their speaker backed out. I am completely awed by the Lord that he would allow this opportunity for me to step in and, and speak at this youth retreat. But I am struggling over the, but I, I'm not a youth leader. I, I don't have, you know, the teaching qualifications of a youth pastor. How can I do this? And and how can I do this is because if God wants me to do this, then the giftings that I need to accomplish this role will be in me. Because my husband, he's been quoting to me lately. Um, he, he listened to, uh, was it a Rich Mullins Live Old, old, old. Rich Mullins. For those of you all who don't know, Rich Mullins um, is a, a well-known worship. Would you call him a worship pastor, worship leader, songwriter? Yeah, songwriter, yeah, songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away in a tragic accident. I'd say, oh gosh, maybe about twenty years ago now, eighteen or twenty years ago. 
So he was listening to this, and the quote on that recording that he was listening to, if uh, God can speak out of an ass, he can speak out of anyone. And he was quoting <laughs> Balaam. Balaam, is that how you say it? Balaam, yeah, Balaam. In, the, in, the, in the scripture. So every time I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. He just keeps like, well, if he can talk out of a donkey, he can talk out of you. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't make me feel well, good. <laughs> Yeah, out, sweet, loving thoughts. Yeah, but, but so true. And sometimes right? I, I definitely, I could be that donkey. <laughs> I know, I know, and I, I don't like that. But it is the truth that it isn't uh, going back to that the worthy call. It is what we have received. It is not what we are have earned. And so when God wants to use those giftings in the body of Christ, it's about his giving of the gift, using it. And here, this is why their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so God is about the business of using his people to build up his body, to strengthen his body. And, and the question is, are we saying yes to that? Is that our primary focus? No matter where he puts us. I have a good friend who is in a work situation where she can't share her faith at all. And it's been very lonely and very hard for her because of the environment that she's in. And God has planted another believer in that workplace. And they are now able, um, undercover, to talk about what they're going through as the body of Christ. That is God's doing. That is God equipping. And so there are other scripture passages that we don't have time to go to. But if you want to know more about these, these spiritual gifting that, that God gives, I would highly recommend reading Romans chapter 12, all of it, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all of it, because it does talk about the manifestation of the gifts within the body of Christ. Well, this is maybe a good time to challenge, kind of close out for this section yes. and um, challenge you, as we always want to do, ask you a couple of questions just to keep you thinking. Um, and the first one is, how's the gift of salvation over overflowing into your everyday life? So, um, you know, we said that that idea of calling as embracing your salvation, really challenge yourself and kind of think through maybe some of the things that you do on an everyday basis. How is your gift of salvation, understanding what God's done for you? overflowing into how you live every day mm, and then yeah. oh go ahead no, no, no that's I was just gonna say that's so good I, I was with you listening go ahead <laughs> keep going with the next question well, we want to ask yeah. and then how are you using your spiritual gift whatever that is in serving God and his kingdom purposes you know and think practically about how does that work itself out in your church but also in your neighborhood in your workplace and your you know interacting with the parents of your kids friends whatever that looks like um, how are you using your spiritual gifts that have been given to you by God in serving him and his kingdom? Mm, good stuff. I'm going to close in prayer, but I want to read this last um, verse from Ephesians 4, uh, picking up at um, verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sweetness. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gifts that you have given us to be used within the body of Christ so that we may together as your body grow 
and become uh, just a living testimony of your work. God, I, I would imagine how um, being healthy and growing and full of love would just be such an attractive um, mm-hmm. visual image, uh, reality for those who are looking on. And that while your purpose, Lord, is that we would grow in love and that we would become more and more like Christ, I can't help but think that it's because that's how you want to fulfill John 3.16, that you have come, that all would know you and love you. And that this is this is the one of the ways that you go about making yourself known. So mm-hmm. I pray, God, that we would yield to your giftings and your purposes in our lives and that we would be consumed, God, by the idea of leading a life worthy of the calling, worthy of the uh, invitation to embrace the salvation that you offer us in Jesus Christ. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the More To Be podcast. We're praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for the show notes for today and also free downloadable resources that we have for you there. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.